everybody, and welcome to Pro Tour Talk with Steve Dodge. I'm Steve Dodge. Today is May 23rd, 2018, and we've got some special guests with us today. So later in the show, we're going to have Paul Macbeth. We're going to talk about uh, married life. We'll talk about golf courses uh, with disc golf tournaments on them. We'll talk about this golf course in speci specifically, and then uh, we'll bring Dixon Jowers on. We'll have a nice rules conversation as well as doing our uh, two against the field which uh, was a fan favorite, and we're going to bring back, at least for this event, and if we remember, we'll do it for Utah as well. So running through Pro Tour news real quick, and just so everybody knows, at 6 o'clock, we're going to talk with Sean Jack. We're going to pick names out of hats, and we're going to set the tee times for the San Francisco Open. So stay tuned. For right after the podcast ends, we'll just go right into that. Um, news of the week for the Pro Tour. Uh, Zach Podhorser put together a really nice article uh, called Drive for Show, Putt for Doe. And uh, he went through the women's side and he went through the men's side. And it's interesting, on the women's side, uh, as we would expect, Paige Pierce is leading everybody in all the driving statistics. And then uh, on the other side, though, on the putting side, she is not leading. And in fact, Lisa Fakus is doing better than her in both scramble and in circle one putting percentage, but not by enough to make up for Paige's driving dominance. So the drive for show putt for doe doesn't quite work out on the women's side. Uh, check that article out. Very nice job by Zach Podhorzer. Um, it was it was a genuinely fun read. On the men's side, it's quite a bit different. Uh, basically, if you want to succeed on the men's side, drive for show putt for doe. Uh, what it really boils down to, according to Zach's analysis, is uh, you need to do well in, in every category, but you need to excel and be above the field in one or two categories. And that's the way you succeed on the men's side. Um, when we look at these numbers, he's got it broken down, the uh, top, 10, top 10 Pro Tour season statistics. He's got all the categories there. He's got the 10 names that you know, and you're able to look at a nice little bar chart and see who's doing well at everything. And uh, the way you succeed on the men's side, be really good at everything and then take one thing and just nail it. Get those couple extra strokes on those things and, uh, and make it count. So uh, another uh, little bit of news that we released this week, released our, uh, our tea time policy. Um, at all Pro Tour events going forward for this season, uh, everybody would be divided up into quartiles, meaning the top 25% in by PDGA rating would be put in bucket one, the next 25% bucket two, then next 25, next 25. And you pick one per, one name from each bucket, and that'll be a tee time. And so all of the tee times, with the exception of the feature cards, all of the tee times will be random. Uh, we also took into account the concept of feature cards having an advantage if they always go off in the afternoon. So the feature cards actually go off at 10, noon, and 2. Uh, and again, stay tuned right after this podcast. We will do the San Francisco Open Tea Time uh, show. It should start at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific. So if you want to check out the Tea Time policy, it is up there. One thing I'm noticing on our uh, on our posts, we're getting a lot more comments, which is really fun. So if you have any questions for us about the about the article or about a policy or, or about what it is that we're trying to do, just make a comment there. We reply to all the comments on our page, and uh, you can you can be part of the conversation. And uh, some people make comments, and and it impacts the way we think about stuff. Uh, like the guy that wrote the article about the uh, the women. The, the, this, the guy who had a son who wanted to play gymnastics. 
that that'll let us think about that topic a little bit deeper. So please give us your feedback and let us know what you think. Uh, another uh, another piece of news that we did in uh, in our blog post this week. 2018 San Francisco Open, a classic in the making. As everybody knows, this is the first year for the San Francisco Open. Sean, Jack, and crew have done an amazing job out here. Last week, we had the Masters Cup, a perennial favorite. And this week, we have a brand new event with many, if not basically the exact same fields. Um, and this this tournament is going to be played completely on a, uh, on a golf course that's been converted for disc golf. Last weekend, we had a classic course, De La Viega, and then a golf course. So two events, about an hour apart, both big, both premier events. It's going to be really fun to see how San Francisco responds to having a, uh, a tournament in their backyard for the first time. Uh, I should say a premier tournament in their backyard for the first time. If you're anywhere near the area, please come on out and, uh, and watch these guys. Uh, this course is built for spectators. A lot of beautiful elevation. You can stand up top and watch watch these guys throw down huge hills. Uh, I think hole nine is it comes in around six seven hundred feet, and these guys are going to get it inside circle two, and that's uh, that's just a beautiful drive to watch. And I'll finish it off with uh, oh the women's coverage. So we're doing a couple extra things here, as everybody already knows. For on the women's side, uh, the first thing that we're doing is we're going to be. Um, we're going to be doing edited shot-by-shot coverage of the women to start the live broadcast. So from four to five Eastern, uh, five from four to five Eastern, we will show the women uh, edited shot-by-shot, and we'll have live commentary over top of that. And then starting at five, we'll go on with our live broadcast. So if you want to watch, start watching disc golf this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It starts an hour earlier, four o'clock, and you get to watch the women play. Literally same day edited shot by shot coverage. The other thing that we're doing is we're uh, we're getting some volunteers here and we're asking them to film all of the women's cards. And the goal with that footage is to create a highlight reel that we'll release next week or the week after, and basically showcase all of the women playing disc golf here and show at least one good shot from everybody, and put together a really exciting video so that women who don't currently play the game or play on a very recreational level can watch other women succeeding and get excited about playing the game. So those are the two special things we're doing. Uh, we put out a call for help. And uh, as far as I know, I think we're full up. But if you're interested in helping out, uh, please email Sean at DGPT.com, S-E-A-N, or Danielle at DGPT.com if you want to help specifically for the women. But uh, we can always use more help and we look forward to seeing you out here. And with that, uh, coming up after the break, we're going to bring in Paul Macbeth, and we will talk to Paul about life in the Paul Lane. Hey there, everybody. Uh, I'm very glad to be joined by Paul Macbeth. Hello, Paul. Hi, Steve. Great to see you, sir. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, I've got a couple quick questions that we can go through, and then we can... Uh, we can just freelance if you'd like. All right. Sounds good. I'd like to start off. Uh, congratulations on getting married. Thank you. Thank you. Did you get married at Maple Hill? No, no. We got engaged at Maple Hill. Got engaged at Maple yes, Hill. Got okay. engaged at Maple Hill. That's where we first met and that's where we got engaged. And then we actually got married in Virginia. Oh, nice. And you're living in Virginia now? Yes. Okay. So you met Hannah at Maple Hill. Yes. Was it during Vibram? Yeah, it was actually, yeah, we met there. Um, 
we didn't like we kind of just randomly met because uh she made a joke actually to Paige. She, her and Paige were friends i guess they, they kind of knew each other and uh she made a joke to Paige about my trailer because it was parked at the course and uh she just made a joke towards Paige. and then as Paige was following uh the lead card of men in that awful weather she made hannah tell me the joke so oh okay so that's how we like first met is uh are we gonna make you tell us the joke it was kind of just about the trailer and she asked uh Paige, like why don't you have a trailer Oh, okay. And, uh, and Paige is like, yeah, right. You know how much he pays for gas in that thing? <laughs> and Hannah responded back with, uh, Paige, you can't put a price on swag. No? That's you, right. You can't put a price on swagger. So Paige made her tell me that in person. And now Paige has a van. Now Paige has a van. Yeah. 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 I mean, she's pretty trying. close. She's getting up. She's going up, she's going up the ranks. Trying the swag. And that was a big, beautiful black trailer, a brown trailer, RV, right? It was, uh... It was black and like light gray and then it had yeah, bright colored pictures yeah. on it. So it was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Where is that now? I actually sold it. Dismania um Dismania doesn't own it. It's wrapped in Dismania. Okay. But someone else owns it. Else bought it. And so is it traveling around the country? Yeah. Uh they're actually um doing the title and registration right now as we speak. He's well, at the DMV. Congratulations on selling it. That'll help <laughs> pay you. for a house. Yep. Definitely helps <laughs> toward the house. Um my uh, my sister and brother-in-law actually sold their house and bought an RV. Mm-hmm. And then when they were all done, they sold the RV and bought a house. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's nice. You it, know, maybe one day Hannah and I will do that again, go in the RV and, and just travel with our dog. Absolutely. And maybe you'll have a kid and have it on tour and maybe you'll win the USDGC. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a familiar story. It does indeed. So speaking of ridiculous stories, do you have any funny stories from the tour that you want to share with us? From the tour? Well, you asked me this question earlier. Yeah. And it kind of made me think back to quite a few years um and the one that popped in my head was i think it was 2011 it was my first year in europe and mm-hmm. we kind of went as a big group a few americans i think there was nine total americans that traveled together and uh, we were kind of just uh we wanted to make it you know kind of cheap as cheap as possible because you know, a lot of us it's were expensive young. to travel yeah and uh, so we as a group of nine rented two vehicles and uh i was shoved in the back seat with uh page and I think Eric was driving, and uh, I think it was Eulabari who else was with us, and then maybe one more person. Okay. But uh, one Were car there had three five, of you in the four. back seat or two? Might, we might only had two in ours. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I remember just falling asleep because it was like two in the morning and waking up, and uh, all of a sudden I just like, man, we're flying. I look at the speedometer and it says like 260 <laughs> kilometers. Okay, that's still... It's like 140 miles per hour. That's pretty damn fast. And apparently we're on the Autobahn at the time. Oh, okay. (laughs) We're in a fully loaded sedan just going 140 down the highway at 2 in the morning. I just remember waking up and just like, what is going on? Eric's driving? Eric's driving, yep. Wow. So that... Do you know what kind of car that was? It was a diesel Volkswagen wagon. Like, it was was a wagon. I don't know. But it was a a sight to wake up to. Uh, I've driven a little over 100 once in my life, and I was scared out of my wits. Yeah, that was the first time I'd ever been over 100. That's that's pretty good. Uh, Well, you you were over 100 while you were sleeping. You just didn't know it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Didn't know. 140. Uh, That actually reminds me. I'm going to share a funny story. Nobody cares about my funny story, so maybe we'll just cut it out. But I'll share my funny story. Um, I was driving with my friend home from college. We had about a five-hour drive to Pittsburgh from Virginia. And uh, his mom was sleeping in the back seat. Jay's driving. His mom's in the back seat. And uh, his mom wakes up and says, where are we? We tell her. And she looks at her watch. She says, wow, we're making great time. And then without skipping a beat, she looks and says, Jay, you're driving too fast. Slow down. 
<laughs> the two were unrelated in her mind. It was uh, it was very entertaining. We just laughed at her. I don't know if he slowed down or not. Um, so, transitioning to disc golf talk, um, you had a fantastic last round at Masters. Was it a hot? Was that the hot round at Masters Cup, the final day? Tied for the hot round. Yeah. Okay. Who with who? Austin Turner. Nice. Yep. Okay. Good company. And it righty and lefty. That's really yep. nice. Yep. Um, so you had a great finishing round at the Masters Cup and somehow pulled yourself into third place. I think you jumped 20 spots or 15 spots. It was yeah, a at lot least of 16. Spots. I think it was 16. Okay. You think it was 16. That's I'm a very pretty, specific number. I think I was 19. Okay. Around. Yeah. So, and you, so you jumped up to third right where everybody going into the tournament, we all expect you to be on the podium. Yeah. We don't know what position, but we expect you to be there. And, uh, and somehow you managed to do it. Like going into the third round, I think people would not have bet on you being on the po- in the podium. You're passing 16 players who are in the top 20 at an NT. That's crazy. Um, especially being that high up. If you're in 100th, maybe you could do it. Yeah. But, but starting in the top 20 and getting all the way up there. So what happened? How do you do so well in that one round? Uh, I mean, with those two courses, it's like De La, the disc golf course. If you're a little bit off, you're way off, you know, because now you're hitting the metal and you're, you know, barely missing and it's going down the right. hill, or you're barely catching a tree and it's taking off down the hills to where if you're way off, you're missing the basket and you're stopping. You're missing the trees completely at the golf you're course stopping, you mean. at the disc golf course. at the disc golf. Yeah. So if you're barely off, you're hitting stuff and taking off. But if you're way off, you're clear. Of oh, all the, yeah, you're clear of the basket. You're clear of the, the trees down the fairway. You're kind of sneaking through. So as well those things, like I was just barely off. So I was getting, you know, more rolls, right. more this, more that. Um, and then when I got to the golf course, um, had a little bit more room, more okay. room to work with and just, uh, able to convert my shots. And then I made a lot of putts outside the circle on the, on the golf course. So that really contributed to a lot of the birdies. Um, wasn't really making those at the disc golf course. Uh, but at the golf course I was converting them and I had two bogeys and they were just kind of the same thing. I'd just miss a putt from distance, right? Miss the comebacker. And then tap in bogey. So, uh, you know, it, it. I got the birdies and I got the bogeys. So it went both ways. At Daylot. At the golf course. At the golf course. Yeah. But the golf course, you played super hot. Yes. But I had a few bogeys. You did? I was just making a lot of putts, yeah. My goodness. Yeah. So. I, sh- I didn't look at the stats. I just saw the, a very low number. Yeah. Some some putting, putting issues. So, I, I mean, I, I ha- had the opportunities to make up, you know, enough to catch Rick or, or Josh. But uh, you can't get them all. So. <laughs> not that day yeah. but you come so close and so on that day your putt was just money yeah yeah for the most part uh, from, from except range, for the roll from, away from yeah. distance yeah and then i think the i missed like three putts in the last four holes from inside 40 feet inside 40 but just at outside the circle so um, i had more opportunities but uh yeah so how do you how do you translate that where you you have that one hot round and it seems like it's either the first or the last round mm-hmm. um how do you translate that and get two of those rounds? Because it feels like if you have two beast mode rounds, you're going to win or you're going to be in a position to win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, for that tournament, um, like at, at Dela, the disc golf course, if uh, if I wasn't, I mean, if I was on, then, you know, my, my score could have been close to that 15 because I still had eight birdies the first round, but, you know, six bogeys and a double will take those right away. So the first round, I still got a lot of birdies, but... Uh, too many bogeys in there. Um, and then the second round was similar, just converted. I, I think I only had two more birdies, but just less bogeys. Um, so 
you know, just, just got to wipe away those bogeys. So you improved in the second round. Yeah. I got two more birdies and and a fewer bogeys. Uh, what was that? Seven, seven, six bogeys and a double bogey the first round. And then I guess only four bogeys the second round. So, I mean, there's still a lot of room for improvement, but, uh, and that's really what the difference was from the previous years. You, you have you have to have the same mindset and mental attitude going into every tournament at this point. Uh, and I I, I, that, I shouldn't quite say it that way. Like I'm going to guess if you played a B tier, it wouldn't maybe wouldn't get quite as amped for it. But all of your preparation, I assume you have you know the, the hour before you tee off is the same at this point. Is that true? Um, I would like to say it's true, but it's not. You know, it's it's different for you know it's always changing. You know, just like. The courses are always changing. Uh, preparations starting to change too. You know, I, I want. I wish I remember what my routine was from like six years ago and what it is now, just to see the difference. But it's so hard to maintain that. You know, you start showing up. You have hour drive to the course, or you're staying close to where you don't want to get there earlier. Or now you have two o'clock tea time every time. Well, three o'clock tea times now. Like yeah. they're even hour later. So you got to figure out what to do with your time during the day. So it's it's always changing. That's really interesting, um, but but I want to get there an hour before at least. Yeah, I I, I would have ass- I did assume that if you're teeing off at three, then you're at the course at two, and that fifty minutes before you got to be on the tee or ready to you know the yeah. ten minute before um, is I would think the same every time. I would think that's mapped out. Well, normally sometimes it can be, but uh, I think the way that these courses and tournaments are trending, we don't have any practice areas anymore. Like they, we don't wow. have practice areas anymore. You know, we might get a net. Oh, so sometimes you might have a field. Yeah, sometimes, and sometimes you, have you a field, only have a, sometimes a net. Sometimes we have a net. Um, sometimes we have putting basket, practice basket. Sometimes we don't. Like, it's different from each event. So some you can actually properly warm up and throw, go out in the field and throw and see how you just fly. But you know, Maple Hill, there's nowhere, nowhere. to warm up besides the net. You and, you can go into one, a field of Christmas basket. trees across the street, yeah. but that's not so, fun. So it's hard to try to figure out how your discs are, you know, what your form's like, how your discs are flying. So it is a lot more difficult now than it was back when we would have shotgun starts because everyone would have the courses on. Right. So that's really interesting. I didn't ask that question to, to, to prove something that I was doing wrong. No, I um, mean, that, I think all, most tournaments are that way now. You know, even daylight, there's no real warm-up field besides there, but they do have a park down the road, which I always forget about until... That doesn't mean that's how they should be. No, I mean, it's a park and you have to hope it's empty. Yeah. So, well, where where I was going with that, um, and you weren't saying that I was doing something wrong, but the pro tour, uh, we don't have any shotgun starts. We had one and we said never again. And, uh, but we need to make a a focus on, I know that we've done well with the practice baskets, like putting, you have an area now. At, you should have an area at all of the, of the events. This one will be tough. I see it, a basket right to the right. Yeah. It's on the hillside. <laughs> it is up there. I would think we can get a temp basket right here. This would be a good spot. Um, so we'll have an area where you guys can putt. That's something that we do. Um, and if we don't, let me know, always. But a driving area, an area where you can watch your disc fly for four or 500 feet, that's not something we focus on yet. And I would say we need to make that a priority because you absolutely should, you and everybody, yeah. should be able to know what you're getting before you get there. As far as the course goes, I think yeah. you're getting there. And then as far as the warm-up goes, that's another thing we need to address. Yeah, because, I mean, you can throw, only throw into a net so many times. You know, right. If you throw into a net for 10 minutes, it feels like you've been out in the field for 30, right. 40 minutes. So Your arm is done. Yep. And you're, well, you're not done, but you're ready, ready to then, go. Yeah, and then you get this film on your disc, and then uh, you don't get to see where it goes. So there's, there's the, some advantages where you don't have to walk for it, you know, walk to it, but there's also the disadvantage of not seeing it. 
Right. I, I can see using a net to warm your arm up, mm -hmm. but then five minutes or pro probably, yeah. I don't know how many throws you do, but before you go are ready to tee off, you yeah. want to see that disc fly. Yeah. I mean, just like golf, they have the driving range. They kind of just get to see yeah. how their balls act in that day. And, uh, so yeah. interesting. Uh, did De La round three, did they have a driving range? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And it was available. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they, they have one here. Well, they didn't, we didn't have a driving range to throw on. Uh, it was whole, their tent, whole tent. Oh, okay. They just, just they yeah, gave you an area. Yeah. 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 So there's a, there's okay. a wide area. So uh, thank you for pointing that out. And anything else, please let me yeah. know. Uh, we, we, want, we strive to improve all the time. Uh, I tend to focus a lot on the media. I, I try to remember that the players are the reason that we're all here. So I, if the players tell me there's anything that we need to work on, I, I make it a focus. So, um, so that was fantastic. But the thing that we didn't hit on, and maybe there's no answer, because if there was an answer, you'd probably do it. Is there something that you do mentally that says, I I need to go all out this round. I need to, McBeast mode needs to happen. Uh, can you do that the first and third rounds of every event and just wipe, wipe up? I mean, I'm sure there's a way to do it. Um, <laughs> I have to figure it out. But, you know, the final days, it's a lot easier because it, it's all right there in front of you. You know, like it's all on the line. You're either back by a few or you're ahead or it's already right now for you. Uh, but first round, you're just kind of like, well, I just got to play well. You know, it's not a different mindset of I need to catch this person. I need to catch all these people or I need to stay ahead of so-and-so. First round, you're just kind of like, I need to play well. That's all I want. Do you have do. a number in your mind when you go out there first round? Um, not normally. Uh, like here, I have no clue. I don't okay. even know what the par is yet. So it's kind of hard. Sixty-two. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of hard to do that now, especially with a lot of these new venues. But somewhere like Dela, um, you know, if you shoot anywhere near ten, either round, like that's absolutely that's a great round. You know, that was right. I think the hot round of the weekend. But it, it always it's funny because someone can shoot ten under the first round, but then they're always around fourteen to. 16 going into the, the third round so you kind of know like right when you shoot two tens in a row you're gonna have a big lead right but uh yeah i don't know it always works out at that course where you just got to be around that 14 number to be somewhere towards the lead so mo moving on down my list of questions um this is the third golf course event in a row as far as i know gbo uh masters cup and now at the San Francisco Open, uh -huh. third golf course in a row that's been converted to disc golf. Um, you've only played this a few times. Uh, once. Once so far. This morning, yeah. Okay, and once tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go through a few more holes after this. Okay. Uh, I want to ask what holes those are and why, but before we get there, how does this stack up to those other courses, uh, golf courses? I don't know the true distance of this one, but it seems like the longest of all, all of them so far. Um, just the hills? The right. hills are a big factor here. Um, and then uh, the distance on the front, I noticed the front, I think it's 11. First 11 holes are just extremely long. Like Yes, and then there's a, a par 3 stretch. Yeah, towards the end. 16, 17. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all par 3s. And then 18 is a, a really tough green uh, for a par 4. Right. Um, so it's it's long. It's a lot of fun. And it's not actually, it's surprisingly not open. Like it, it, the course is open. But you'll throw your shot and then you'll walk up the fairway and you're like, wow, there's a rope there and there's a rope there. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of OB. There's a lot of OB out here. So they're not letting you really um, just unleash on them without control. So I'll go ahead and say that Ricky said the exact same thing. It seems long. Yeah. Um, the, I just read an article put out by Zach and he it says the course is 10,000 feet. Okay. 
which is, I think, a thousand feet shorter than GBO and probably a little longer than Masters Cup, I'm guessing. I don't know, actually. Yeah, I don't know how far GBO is, but GBO is pretty flat. That's right. Yeah. And it's it's funny because that, that, that last climb after 18 up to the clubhouse yeah. here is you're, it's brutal because yeah. you're done. Yeah. Yeah, and you can you can feel the distance on your shots. Like I mean, you could throw it really hard, and you're like, I'm still right there. I just didn't right. go anywhere <laughs> exactly. because you don't you don't always see the elevation. But by the time you get to your distance, look back when you can see the bay. You know you've come some distance, <laughs> and it's pretty cool being able to see the bay. Yeah. Um, yes, you have gone some distance. Uh, San Francisco is a beautiful venue, obviously, great city. Yeah. Um, have you gone out and seen anything on the city? Not yet. Uh, I just got into town today, this morning. I okay. stayed down in Santa Cruz a few more days um, and just played at De La. I needed some more time there. <laughs> but it's uh, it's too expensive to come up here early. It, it is it's not really a cheap expensive. city. No, yeah. not at all. Um, so I didn't feel like just with one course coming up here that early mm-hmm. um, was a necessity. So I came up today and then played today. Is Hannah here? I assume no, she's, she's on the dog. She's actually up with her up in uh, Massachusetts with her family. Oh, okay, yeah, good. So they're uh, she's visiting there. She's got the dog, and uh, they're just they're just just talking about stuff because her family's actually going to be moving down to Virginia here soon. Really, from Massachusetts. That's yeah, funny. So. My my family's in the process of that as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like the thing to do right now. If you like humidity, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wasn't too bad. Um, I will say it's not not awful where we're at. Okay, uh, I think you're an hour and a half, two hours south of where we are, up okay, in Fredericksburg. Yeah. yeah, we're down in Lynchburg, so we're yeah. pretty central. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned you're going to go out and play a couple of hole, couple more holes yeah. out here. Uh, which holes and why? One through eight. Uh, because when I got here this morning, it was it was raining. Oh, so, okay. You know, it was that misty. So I just got out there, kind of got loose and threw some shots, kind of what I would do on the driving range, and just kind of learn where the holes were and then uh eight just ends up at the parking lot okay so just because the weather is probably going to be different yeah during the tournament yeah so uh just get those in without that rain and all that all that uh going on so kind of just relearn them see see what i really want to do on them um and then by the time we got to the back nine it was already it had it was completely overcast but there was no more no more rain so um you mentioned hole 18 has a really tricky green for a par four yeah um I, I, I'm not, a, I've tried to design a course or two. I got lucky with Maple Hill. That land makes it easy. Plus I have Tom and Dave helping me. Um, probably mitigating all of my errors. <laughs> the three good ideas they kept. Um, but uh, that that was an interesting st- sentence for me. The, it has an, a tricky green for a par four. Yeah. Uh, on par fours, is that rare to have a green that's so protected? Yeah, I mean, usually... When we have par fours, it's it's more about the distance or the drive or the placement of the drive, yeah. right? Um, this one, you can, you ha- you kind of have to put a uh, some power on the drive because there's that OB ditch on the left, and then uh, there's another string on the left still. Right. So you kind of want to get past that, exactly. and then you still have this green, which is 350 feet, I'd say, from where you want to be. Yep. Up a hill, you got the green right here, short of it, and then you got a bunker. Long left, long right, right, short left, um, and then the backside is a kind of a hill with bushes. So it's kind of you got a, a small area to land. The it's day. a slow green, but the area that you're laying that you're aiming at is pretty tiny. Yeah, okay. so definitely smaller than circle one. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's just you, you don't see stuff like that too often. And I know there's another hole with with banners. Um, I don't know what hole it is, but it's on the front nine. It's like a tight corridor you gotta throw it out and then six i think or seven yeah somewhere around yeah. there and then uh, you see the basket out there and you see the 
the walls and usually when the walls are set up you're like okay i can just kind of go by those and be safe when you get up there's five little bunkers oh five right yes exactly. right by the basket and you're just like i thought i could just roll it in here safe right turn in here but no you can't go past that basket so you, you have, have to be short. arguably you have to be very aware yep. of exactly where you want to put it yep and uh so on on that kind of a shot and on 18 I assume, are you going for the pin on your second shot? On 18 here? On 18, yeah. Uh, most likely, yeah. Okay. Yeah, most likely. Um, and I'll really only go for it if uh, if I can, if I feel like I can go past the basket. Right. With my shot, because I don't want to be short. Because I mentioned yeah. it's slow green. You, you yeah. can pile it into that hill and be yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, but six is not like that. No, six, you have to either play it out way left. But you want to throw a roller because where the hole finishes, you want to be right. But that's mm -hmm. where all the bunkers are. Yes. So somehow you have to keep it left, but it's, it'll be hard to get that distance without a roller. Um, but it, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting hole. I, 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 this course is one of the most difficult courses, I think, so far. Excellent. Um, is, I assume that's a positive. Yes. Yeah. In a, in a great way, in a good way. You know, some are just difficult because they put a bunch of trees in the way. Right. This is difficult because you have to control your disc so well, especially near the greens and off the tee as well. I mean, with the ropes on both sides of the green or on the fairways. Um, you can't let them slip right. anywhere. You know, uh, it'll be interesting to see if it is wet and we get some extra skips. Yeah, how, how people manage that. Yep, and then with the sloping hills on a lot of these holes right. out there, it's, it's pretty difficult. So they have a foot golf course out here. I saw that. Yeah, I I've never played foot golf, but it seems like the ball you'd kick it and it would just roll. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was talking to some guy earlier, and he said he he just laughs at it because not only are all the hills that takes off but the wind will just push the ball the wind yes. will just take them down that's right we're gonna get 10 to 20 mile an hour winds out yeah here. i mean we're right between the right between the bay and the ocean so right. it's it's bound to just pick up some sometime soon so uh do you want to make a prediction for yourself this weekend uh you, you're coming off a crazy hot round are you going to start with a crazy hot round and where are you going to end up oh man i think it all just depends on putting it's hard to say if I, like if i'm making the putts that i was the final round um I think it'll be a great weekend for me. Okay. But um, if I'm struggling with, with the putter, then it can be anywhere between first and tenth. <laughs> I'll say that. Like, okay. Anywhere between first and tenth. Uh, I feel pretty confident with. But uh, So gonna... Terry famously won a bet about you to be in the top ten every event, I think, last year. Yeah, right? last year. Uh, did you finish outside the top ten once so far this year? Yeah, once. I, maybe twice, actually. Okay. I, I know I have a 13th. Okay. But I think uh, I have a 10th for sure. And no more of those? Uh, I don't. I think I'll just have those two. No, I'm asking in the future this year. Any more? I hope not. Okay. No, I don't like that. I like, I like coming to compete, not coming to fight. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not a good golfer anymore. I used to be okay. And it was funny. I, I played GBO, and I've never been on the tee of the first hole and thought to myself, I have no chance of winning. That was a brand new experience for me. Um, and I can't imagine you thinking to yourself, oh boy, I'm out of it. Um, yeah. that, that would, that's a horrible position to be in uh, for someone who is as competitive as I suspect, mm -hmm. suspect we both are. Yeah, I think I would have to be, you know, 15 strokes out of the lead to feel like I'm not in it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even if, if I gave 15 strokes to Rick after the first round, you know, like, hey, here's 15 you strokes. You can still I make still it. feel like I can come back yeah. Yeah, with three rounds to go, mm -hmm. two rounds to go, so. So three holes into the tournament, we're going to be watching you, and uh, you will have done a couple of putts. Will we know if you're on, or can you correct your putt during the round? Um, you'll probably know. Um, usually if it's wobbling, it's not good. 
<laughs> if it's wobbling, it's not good. Uh, that just means it's not coming out of my hand clean and, and, and that stuff. So uh, if, it, if the putt's coming out smooth or with a good good tempo, then that means I'm, I'm filling the putt. But if it's wobbling or just kind of looks like I don't have control over it, then that's not a good sign. So That's really interesting. Early on, earlier, you mentioned uh, throwing into a practice net, getting your discs slimy. Uh-huh. I would think, is that what's causing the disc to wobble or is it in your head more than uh, your hand? It, it could just be something as, as much as a release, just opening my hand or just kind of getting the right rotations on it or uh, it's weird because I've never had this issue before, but now living, living on the East Coast coming West, there's no humidity. So my hands are just so dry. Oh, right. So it's hard to get rotations under this. So who knows? Maybe I'll have to get a grippier putter or figure out something. But uh, okay. You know, just just when I come east to west for this little trip, sometimes. But if I get like if I start getting the nerves and all that stuff going, then my hands start sweating, and then there's no issue. But right now, there's that's dry as can be. So so when when the pressure's on, yeah, you can putt. Yep. Yeah, more than likely. That's a good way for it to be. Yep. So. I wish that was the end of our interview. That would be fantastic. <laughs> um, and maybe it can be, but I do have I do have one more question, and then you can ask anything of me, or we can just talk in general. Um, out here, uh, 18, tough green, very, in my opinion, a nice fi- finishing hole because yeah. if it's within one or two, we've got an opportunity there. Yeah, that, and not only that, I mean, you have the bleachers set up there and exactly. you can see the bay and see the hole coming in, so it's, right. a, good, it's a good spot to I, I actually got goosebumps just think, <laughs> thinking about how how exciting that yeah. it could, be, could be. Yeah, it could be. A, I mean, you could set up some nice cameras on this roof and get a really good view. Um, what holes out here are going to be pivotal? Uh, pivotal as in like hard or, or uh, big where, for where, who's going to win? Where, where Who's going to win? The person that's going to win is going to make a statement on that hole and is going to say, I'm here to play and uh, and take it. I don't know this course well enough, but I know one that gave me trouble was the the big downhill hole pretty early, either four or five. 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 Yeah. That one, I mean, the disc could go any direction off that hole. Uh, and then not only that, I mean, you still have the second shot, or I th- third shot. And I think the wind is prevailing is going across that. Yeah, right? it's not an easy wind. Right to left, I think. When I played it, it was coming right at us. Okay. Um, okay. So that's one. That'll throw, be a big one. You want to overstable? Uh, I mean, overstable is the safest. I mean, I'm just saying in the wind, generally, you want to throw overstable. <laughs> you know. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, okay, so hole five is a tricky one. Um, a are you one. thinking birdie on that? You think what is it, a four or five? It's a, it's a four. Uh, it really depends on the drive. I okay. mean, if you're not at the bottom towards where it's flat, then you're not. Don't look you, at it. Yeah, you won't okay. look at it. But actually, eight. Eight's a really good hole. Uh, you'll see who's playing golf. Oh, right. You'll see who's playing golf. I don't think it's worth going over that little pond. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, is that that's the um, got the, the, the boomerang? Little, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, for all the new generation, it looks like a fidget spinner. So. Oh, it does. One, two, two thirds of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, that one, I don't feel like it's, uh, worth going over. Interesting. So, so are you going to play that? What is it? Probably a 300 foot drive. Probably 300 foot drive. And that seems like maybe three, uh, with the hill probably plays close to 400, but maybe only 360 distance. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll probably play it short and then try to attack it. And then there's that OB rope the whole way on the right. So, right another tight green with with rope yeah the the landing area theoretically is just over that fidget spinner yeah and then to the right yeah and uh it's a tight landing area yep. for a 380 foot shot yeah 
if um, that rope on the right wasn't there, I would be going for it, putting it over there. But the OB course. on the ro- yeah. right kind of is like, nah, it's not worth it for me. So it was interesting. I was talking to Leonard Moose last night when we were out working on the course, and I said the only reason people are going to go for that that landing zone is testosterone. Yeah. <laughs> if, well, the women have a shorter pad, so I think they do, right? Uh, there's two. I don't. It's hard to say. There's so many pads out here. There's, on this course. there's seven. They have seven shorter pads. Um, so there are, and there's a lot of, and he put pads on all the drop zones. Okay. So and then there's foot golf pads too. There are some foot golf pads. <laughs> yes. Uh, although I don't know if they have pads. So they have they pads? did. Yeah. yeah. Cause they had, they had little foot golf signs and a turf pad next to them. Okay. I saw, Oh, that little thin strip. Uh, there's no, a, there's one on the, the big downhill hole. Which five, five. Yeah. yeah. So that one, we actually put that pad in yesterday. It, it wasn't there for okay. the foot golf. Okay, that was, so that's a drop zone in case you go OB. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, but they might have some football turf pads out there too, but there's at least, you know, 18 plus seven plus four. That's a lot up to 29, 30 pads. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot out there. They've Leonard, but I was talking to Leonard and yeah. So, and I was saying if people, I would expect if people think about this hole, they'll lay up and they can, you can be pretty aggressive because there's that wall there. You can get it really close to that wall. Yep. Um, yep. and it's, they're the nice sturdy walls. You're not going to skip through it. And then you got, if you go to the right of the, right to the center where the drop zone is, you have a, it's a 275 foot yeah, approach. Yeah, that looks like, but then the way that it's cut in, it, it's pretty risky to go to that spot. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, so he's done a good job making, making you think about something. Yep. Yeah. So do uh, you have any, uh, any last questions for us or any last things you want to share? Just watch, just watch. I think this will be a really fun tournament to watch. Um, I think uh, this course has a different challenge for a lot of us because I think there's going to be a lot of rollers, a lot of forehands and a lot of the holes finished to the right. Yeah. We don't have, a, it's we don't have much of that, but there's so like, you're going to have to, you're going to see so many people controlling the disc so well, because the way that they're finishing to the right and their huge distance shots and stuff like that, there's going to be all sorts of shots um, here. So I think uh, if you want to watch good d- disc golf and a lot of, uh, speed control and shot control and shot selection. This is this is the one to watch. So uh, it's I'm, I'm glad you said that because um, uh, some people say it's a lot of forehands and there's some, but to me it looked more like a controlled Annie. Yeah, there, there's a mixture of both. Uh, okay. Because there's down the hill, you know, if you get a controlled Annie, you're going to get more distance. Right. A forehand's going to want to dump out, but uh, up the hills, you know, maybe that forehand's not going to dive down like a like a backhand turnover would. So. It, it's going to be by person, but there, there's a good mixture of both. And yeah. I heard a lot of people earlier, like I saw Eagle earlier and he's just like, aren't you tired? I was like, no, <laughs> I, I played earlier. Why? He's like, this course is so long. Is. Like, he's just like, I'm, I'm hurting, you know, like, I think it's the Hills. Yeah. The Hills it, it makes it feel so hard longer. on, you know, backhand so hard forehand. So, yeah. Um, so I, uh, and I, I'm done with these questions and we can, we can start wrapping up. But I did have a conversation with Drew Gibson maybe three weeks ago. It was a week after the GBO. Okay. And, uh, and I only cared because I just played that, and I can throw about 280. And when oh, the first hole was, I don't know how long it was, eight, 9,000 feet. Uh, <laughs> but um, so I had never experienced a course like that as a player. Yeah. And so it occurred to me, ho- holy cow, we've set the bar really high for someone to become a touring pro. Yeah. You you almost have to be able to throw 450 at least and maybe 550 if you want to compete for the top spot. Um, and my question to Drew was, should I be concerned about courses getting too long? 
too long? Like, is this considered long? It seems pretty, 10,000 feet seems, that used to be the, the upper echelon. And GBO was 11, but it's flat. So these might play about the same. Okay. Um, I don't think they're too long. Uh, there's only one par five. Right. I think, you know, two par fives is good for a disc golf course, and then maybe somewhere around eight par fours or somewhere in there. So I don't think it's necessarily the distance, because, I mean, if you have a lot of elevation, um, the hills are going to just add distance. So I, I would say that, uh, you know, a 500-foot hole with a 30-foot elevation is the same as a 600-foot hole. 600-foot hole, So yeah. um, understanding that, uh, my, my question is, are we emphasizing like I'm, I have this concern about the women's tees? Yeah, I think we're. I think the women's game over emphasizes distance, yeah. com especially compared to the men's game. Um, is the men's game starting to overemphasize distance? I don't think so because I don't think the men. Uh, a lot of them struggle with the distance. Uh, so the variation in distance between men is not as great. Yeah, I don't think it's the distance. I think it's throwing the disc 450 feet and having to finish right. Throwing okay. 450 feet knowing that it's going to finish left. I think it's controlling the distance um, at, at this point. I mean, there's so many young players that throw, you know, I would say as far as I do, if not further, but that doesn't make them a better disc golfer. You right. Know? So there's, I don't think distance is a problem with the men's side or the open side, I should say. Um, but it does seem like a big gap in the women's side. And I, don't, I don't know why. Uh, Seems like there's a big, big gap in the distance. Uh, you, you know, it, it's really interesting because you look at the men's side, and there's, I'll say, there's thirty or forty touring men now, which yeah. is, which is really exciting. That's a nice. We're getting to have a nice big number, and there's probably five or six guys that can throw significantly farther. You put in the upper echelon yeah. of, of distance. Um, on the women's side, and that's that's maybe ten to fifteen percent. On the women's side, there's five or six or seven touring women. Fifteen percent is one or two so realistically it's it, it just looks like it because you have the page pierces and the jen allens um who who can throw farther and it seems like it's just one or two people because it is yeah but it's the same percentage yeah so i'm not sure that the, the variation is as great as we think it is but yeah if it's just gone by percentage yeah because yeah. i i mean for me I, I would see i think someone that doesn't throw as far stands out more than someone that can throw far on the men's side, yeah, right, yeah, yeah absolutely. You could, you could you could probably count on a hand people that you're like significantly think doesn't throw that far and right. needs to work on distance. Who are those um, people? I don't want to name <laughs> Joe Mela. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if you, if you go up in age, it's a little different. Sure, but, but like someone like Fi like Philo, Philo says he doesn't throw far, but Philo throws far. He'll, like, very he'll far. say he doesn't throw far. And he'll be like, man, I need distance. It's like, oh, you're throwing, a, you know, just a, you're throwing a well. You know, you're throwing it plenty far. Like, he's in the upper 400s at least, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, but, but I mean, when he starts comparing himself to the other guys, and it doesn't feel as far. Right. Um, so he's he's one that says he doesn't throw that far, but he throws plenty far. Do you practice when off during the off season? Do you try to get more distance now, or are you okay with where you are and you're just trying for control and putting? Uh, I mean, I probably want the same amount of distance with more control as okay. possible. But I mean, just just playing less, I get more distance uh, in the winter. Just you know, letting the muscles recuperate right. and all that stuff. So instantly, I'll get I'll get more distance. But uh, you know, if I can get quicker and, and and stuff like that, that's gonna add more distance. But then I'll have to readjust the timing to a little bit quicker throw. So I mean, there are ways to work on it, but uh, I'm not. It's not my sole. It's focus. not a focus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that's it for me. I'm happy. You too. 
And uh, and I really appreciate you. The, when, like 40, 40 minutes ago, when I said wrap it up, yeah. you have one last thing to say. You said watch because <laughs> that's exactly what I want people to do, and that's how we're going to grow the sport. So, Perfect. everybody out there, Paul McBeth says watch and grow the sport. Uh, thank you, Paul. And after the break, we're going to come back with Dixon. We're going to do a two versus the field, and then we're going to discuss uh, some rules and uh, what they should be. So, thank you, Paul. Thanks, Steve. Have a great day. Thanks, you as well. You look like you're coming in from the dugout. <laughs> right. So he's the starter and I'm the reliever, is that what you're saying? I guess so, yeah. Let's, let's uh, see if Dixon can close am it I, out. Am I coming in for a save or did the, did the reliever or did the starter get roughed up? No, we're way ahead. I'm, we're I'm, way ahead. I'm coming in trying to get some innings out of the bullpen. <laughs> this is Dixon Jowers. He's uh, Hey, we're starting already. Oh, we're going. We're going. Oh, you okay? Yep. Oh, that's so this angle, it looks like you're bigger than me, but... Yeah, it's because I am bigger than you. I mean, we're so our shoulders are touching. I mean, like, uh, I'm uh, I'm 50 now, right? And uh, I go to the doctor, and he tells me he says we need to try to get your. your he says your BMI is creeping up. Okay. So in college, I swear I was five eight. Okay. And now I'm under five seven. Okay. Even if I maintained my weight, my BMI would be going up. Right. That's not fair. I mean, I have the exact same bones. I mean, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to talk to uh, your genetics. You're gonna have to talk to aging. I I'm, mean, there's like there's, I'm literally shorter, so I should be losing weight. No, you're more dense. I'm <laughs> in all manners of so speaking. many people just hit the like button on the YouTube. It's video. just scientifically proven that you're more dense than you used to be. Exactly. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm. So anyway, that was I thought that was entertaining when the BMI. Uh, index went up. I, I gained one pound in my BMA. And I mean, it goes up a little bit. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. That's anyway. how math works. <laughs> <I love the, laughs> speaking of math, okay. so I want to do two things with you. Right. I want to do a two versus the field. All right. Uh, and I, we could go back and forth on that. Uh, and then I'd also like to, um, I'd like to discuss, uh, you put out a great video on uh, fake PDGA, or somebody put out a fake, I saw the video on fake PDGA. No, I put it out on my podcast, you, and then fake PDGA picked it up and put okay. it out on there. So, I get all my news from fake PDGA. Okay. That's how <laughs> I learned. Quality source. <laughs> <laughs> but you had an insight for Ricky on how to avoid foot faulting. So, uh, we should talk about that, and then talk about how we should score foot faulting. Okay. So, those are the, that's, those are the two topics. All right. Those and, three topics. Two versus the field, and then foot avoiding fault, foot and then foot faulting. Okay, and then we don't. Uh, if you want to know how to avoid foot faulting, I'm going to just say watch go the watch the video. All right. Okay, that's and fair. The name of your podcast is On Pro Tour Talk with, Dixon with Steve Dodge. <laughs> okay. Well, they're already here, so they okay. they know that they know this one. Okay, okay, great. So uh, two versus the field. All right, San Francisco Open, brand new course. Everybody out there is saying it feels like a very long course. It's actually a thousand feet shorter than GBO. Okay. Um, but there's some serious elevation here. Yes. Uh, why don't you pick two people, and I'm going to say whether I would take those two people or the field. It's going to be hard. I mean, I was I was looking through everything. I mean, it's going to be hard to pick any two people um, on this course. Um, I mean, so like obviously, well, they, obviously, I would say, well, Rick and is, Paul. Is they're the Rick two, and they're Paul, the two highest rated players. Yeah. So, but here's here's what I think is going to be necessary to win. I, I just got done playing an hour or so ago, um, and. Um, it is a big course, but um, on several of the holes I was playing, 
massive distance doesn't get you that extra stroke. Right. Um, it, you know, if you, if you're able to get 400, you can still get to the basket. Um, and, you know, the 500 guy has a shorter, but it's not like if he can throw 500 that he all, he's all of a sudden putting. Um, right. It's, it's just, it's not that type of course. You're going to have to be able to manage your angles very well. You're going to have to know where you want to be. There's a couple of holes out here that are absolutely sucker birdies. Um, if you go for it, there's only trouble that's going to happen. Interesting. There's only, there's, I mean, there's name a couple of those. Um, oh, geez. I've only played it once. So hole. It's on the front nine, five, six, seven. It's like four thirty. Five's the big down one. The okay, it's six. After that, six is the one coming out of the woods. And Paul was saying there's it's surrounded by bunkers. Okay, the, the, is that the one where you have the tunnel and then you yeah come out? okay yeah. that one's that one's just a very difficult three right. No matter how you slice the cake, there's a couple of different routes you can take off the box, but there's no way to just get massive distance on that drive. So you're going to have a long shot into the green. That one, if you get a three there, you just you played a fantastic hole to do that. I, I think it's the next one. It's like four forty. Uh, going to the right, you're standing right on an OB line of trees, pretty much. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the way that the trees protect the basket, mm-hmm. unless you have a four hundred and fifty. That's the Mando flick, hole, right? Yeah, you're going. Yeah, the Mando's like right off the. Bottom. Absolutely. Unless you have a four hundred and fifty foot flick, or you can throw a great long distance touch roller if such a thing exists um that doesn't go off to the right too much yeah not too. i mean it's right. just such a hole where you have to stand on the box and say i'm going to play for my three and i'm going to give up the stroke to the four people that are going to do it this round right. maybe not even and i'm going to gain a stroke in the 10 people on, that are the, not. on everybody that's like i'm just going to smash a turn over here and be great because i mean you have to get even with the basket to put at it there's this giant line of well there's a line of giant trees Four or right. five trees that are blocking you from the box. Absolutely. Um, it's just a really, really difficult uh, green. And if you go for it, pretty much only trouble is going to happen. Even so, even for these this level of, of golfer, if you go for it, that's bad stuff. In, a, in addition to being a, a, a relatively long course and uh, and and having, uh, having a lot of bunkers and greens that you have to avoid an OB, you've got to play smart as well. Yes, and that, I mean that might be the first thing. Right. Like it, it has to be so far up the list. If and here's one thing I noticed out here, um, you know, there would be a shot. You stand on the tee box and you think, okay, I need to, you know, it's a downhill hole. Okay, I need to throw over that green. In between the green and the tree would be a good place to land. And you smash a drive and you're like, okay, that's going there. And you land 300 feet short of there, <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, okay. I didn't. I mean, these trees. Some of these trees are massive. They're, it's it's jo- these are Jonesboro esque around the, at the um, trunk. Oh, but so much taller, so much taller than Jonesboro. Right. I feel like, um, and so what it ends up doing is your depth perception is off on so many things. If somebody hasn't come out here and practiced, they're dead. Oh no, yeah, they're dead. Absolutely. You have to know because um, you know on the on the second par five, the second thousand footer, um, uh, I threw a drive that I thought was really good, and it was short of where I thought I was going to land. Right. I threw a second shot that was pretty good, short of where I was going to land. So as I'm got that third shot into the green, I'm thinking. I need to really goose this. And I throw a, a, a fairway driver and I get on it and I hit a tree that stopped me about 90 feet deep of the hole. If I hadn't Pass, hit me the tree, the hole? yes, because my depth perception was all thrown off because I threw two shots and I'm like, I got to really get on these things. And so okay. I got on the last one and, and, and it, the tree saved me from going way OB, not a little, I mean like a hundred feet OB. Um, if, and I wouldn't have, now I, if I went to play that again, I would know, okay, you need to throw your slammer or some sort of approach disc on that third shot. 
Um, so, I mean, it's you've got to have that experience on the course or you're toast out here. There's, but and here's the, here's the other thing is that um, it's, it hasn't been in the ground long enough for there to be, a, you know, some 950 local that just kills out here. It, it oh, just, for sure. There's not. It, it's yeah. I mean, I, it, I was just talking to to Jamie Thomas. It's been in the ground for just a little bit less than a year. Right. Uh, the Kickstarter backers got to play it for about a month before everybody else, but mm-hmm. it opened up right at the end of May last year, um, and they've had he said a couple of C tiers. Um, no big events. Probably none of the guys. I think I counted yesterday that there was twenty something guys above ten twenty. I doubt any of those guys have played it before this week. Any, Absolutely. Any of the guys that we would say they have a chance of winning on any given weekend, none of them I bet have played. Uh, have played anything competitive out here um, until this until, until today, tomorrow, Friday. Yeah. Well, I mean, even just coming out here now, um, it, sure. it's it's going to be the guy that is extremely skilled and the guy that knows. Okay, this isn't just rip it and rip it as much as it feels like it should be. Um, this isn't kind of your typical golf course. So, um, so I, I love that about it. the two versus the field. Kind of agree, Ricky versus Ricky and Paul would be your obvious picks. Is there somebody else you'd throw into that batch? Um, yeah, so I was trying to find two other guys. Um, I don't know if I would do two versus the field with these two guys, but just two other guys who might be able to do that. Um, Nate Doss, um, because I, I think of him as an experienced golfer, mm-hmm. not just a yeah, disc thrower. A he, he knows how to manage a course. And in that same vein, Bradley Williams, he knows how to manage a course very well. Okay. Um, Bradley is putting so much thought into every shot and angle right. of angle of how the throw wants to go, how he wants his disc to land, all that sort of stuff. So I think he's going to be able um, to at least see the course right. But with this course, you've got to think it right, and then you've got to do it right. If you do one or the other, and not if you only do one of them, you're not you're not good. Yeah. So just because you can think, I mean, right? Those who don't teach, that's what they always say, right? So you can come out here, and I can tell you, I can say, hey, well, I need to throw a 400 foot turnover and land in that spot. Well, then I've got to do it is the problem. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's it's going to take um, – I think whoever whoever wins, we're going to be supremely impressed with how they manage the course. So the one name that I would throw in there as well as Eagle, uh, just because he's, he's playing so well, his confidence is up, uh, he, he clearly has a good head on his shoulders. So I would throw Eagle in that, in that mix. I mean, the only thing I would worry about there is kind of the gunslinger mentality of um, I'm not really sure. I'm just going to blast this thing. Uh, because I think that's going to get whoever, not just Eagle, that's going to get whoever in trouble. Um, you, you've, you've, you've got to protect your way to the basket on all of these holes. So I saw him out here yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw him out here today. I suspect he'll be out here again tomorrow. I, I think that he will know this course and where he can attack Good. and where he cannot attack. Yeah, I saw him and, him and Oakley out here playing around. Uh, yeah, they were, they were about halfway through when I was getting done. Yeah. So uh, it's – and I'll go and just say – this can be the wrap up of our segment. Now, I don't know who I would take Ricky, Ricky and Paul versus the field. That I, I think I would take Ricky and Paul. See, I, I, was, I'm, I mean, at, at other events and there's other events where I'm like, you're stupid if you don't take Ricky right. and Paul. Um, I think that's what I told you last time. Um, <laughs> but like, I mean, I just think this one is such a toss up. I mean, playing the odds, I would have to go with them. Um, because uh, you don't win as many tournaments so as they you, have. You already owe me one dinner. Are you willing to take the other side and go for two dinners? That somebody besides them wins? Yeah. Jeez. I mean, this is just this. I think this course is going to be a fantastic test for all of these guys. I think we'll probably see somebody that's really good average like 980. I mean, like it's that, oh. it's that sort of course. Wow. That there's, there's going to be really good golfers who are made to look silly out here. So someone who's in the top 10 in pro tour points, you think is going to have a nine, a sub 1000 rate around. Oh, for sure. I'll take that bet. 
Okay. Okay. It just one of the three rounds of the tournament? Yep. So there's 30 rounds and 30 there only rounds. has to be one, nine ninety nine. Oh, absolutely. All right. Yeah, absolutely on Good. that. Okay. That's easy. Deal. All right. Yeah, okay. fine. All right. Okay. Okay. I'll start looking. Are you going to take the to... other, you're going to take the other side of the uh, two versus the field? I just gave you a free dinner. Uh, I know you did. Yeah. I guess, I guess I'm playing with house money now. So sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll take the other side. All I'll right. Take so, the field. so you have an opportunity. You're down one dinner. You have an opportunity one. to go up right. or yeah. down three. Down and three. down three would be a day. We do breakfast, lunch, okay. and dinner. All right. Where you just treat me. Yeah. All right. Okay. And we could do it like at 10 noon and two so we get it all done real quick. <laughs> Roll us off at the dinner table at two o'clock. <laughs> so Denny's back in the 90s had a, if it's your birthday, you eat free. Okay. My roommate and I had the same birthday. So we hit Denny's for breakfast and then pre lunch and then post-lunch, and then pre-dinner and post-dinner. We had five meals at Denny's in that one day. At different Denny's. You can't do the same Denny's. So right. we had five different Denny's. Who paid for your doctor visit after that? <laughs> or your or, was, or your Sam's? I was in college. I could eat cardboard. Your Sam's so Club size of toilet paper yeah. that you had to have after that. It was, uh, it was definitely fine and good. So we just have a few minutes here. Yeah. I want to wrap this up with the Ricky Wysocki uh, demonstrated to us that there's a a potential error in the footfall rule. Right. Um, in my opinion, Ricky should have scored a four on that hole. If right. you don't know what I'm talking about, Dixon will give you an, a, a quick review of what happened. Hole 15, round three at the Daylight Disc Golf Course, or excuse me, the Daylight Ball Golf Course. Yeah. Um, he was uh, called for a footfall, seconded by his group, um, as I mean, right when the disc was coming out of mm -hmm. his hand. Um, so all of that happened uh, according to Hoyle. And like that's that, a one-stroke that penalty for the footfall, correct? Yeah. Or stance violation, I think, is what it's called in the new in the new book. Um, and then that throw landed in a hazard area. That's a one-stroke um, penalty, also. Yes. Okay. Um, now the way that the rules are currently written, and then he hit the putt, and then he hit the putt. Yes. So two throws, two yeah, two throws and two penalties on the on the hole. Or were there? Okay. Well, there were. Okay. Okay. Yes. There were, but according to the rule book, you can't be penalized twice on the same throw. Um, so even though it was written down as a four. It should not have been a four, uh, and even the PDJ has posted yes, right. he should have scored a three on that hole. Right. But since it was, um, since this was kind of realized after the fact, after the awards, it's just it's done, yeah. and it and it doesn't make a difference to the final score, right? Anyways, when, once the scores are posted, can't change. Right, it. that's the end and of it, that. And it wouldn't it wouldn't have changed if he won or lost the, the tournament, anyways. Uh, cor correct. Well, you, you don't know that, but well, I mean, if you if you were after the fact going to go back and change the scores. It wouldn't have mattered with how they played it out. Correct, but you don't know how anybody would play if. if right, right. Well, I'm so, saying, yeah, right, if, right, if right. he had, if I he understand. had only. Well, I mean, if he had only gotten a three at that point, it would have put more pressure on everybody else instead Correct. of less. And maybe that's what they needed. Possibly because they were afraid they could have caught Ricky too easily. <laughs> because it was just so uh, so much uh, you know so much freedom it's on everybody that they just decided <laughs> yeah. to throw a B. Yeah, instead of win. If I only knew I was under pressure, right? Uh, yeah. So maybe that's what they needed. So the question that I have, and and we talked about this a little last night, and that's why I wanted to bring it up here. The question that I have is, it feels to me like he should go ahead and get the the footfall doesn't affect the hazard right um like we talked about a situation where it might make sense where which is if you miss a mando and go ob mm. yeah the first thing that happens the missing the mando sh should take precedence and you you're the ob doesn't matter right so like that makes sense but the if you do a footfall and you miss a mando 
it feels like the footfall should just be a plus one no matter what else right. is going on. Does does that seem correct? Yeah, so you would say that four is the appropriate score. Not the right score according to the rule book, but you would say that's the appropriate score. So that's what should have happened. The way that I would word it is I would say the rule book is wrong. Right. But by definition, the rule book cannot be wrong. Correct. So, so there's a contradiction there. Yes. So you would just add that you can't be penalized twice on a hole or for one, you can't be penalized twice on one throw except with a footfall. Unless it's a foot. Unless, okay. And, and, and reality is, I mean, I think you could get backing on that. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I'm not sure anybody would say, no, that's just a dumb idea. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's not your dumbest idea. It may be one of your best ideas. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not that the bar is so low on my dumbest idea. <laughs> I was choosing my words um, carefully. Jenny, Jenny hears dumb ideas from me sure. pretty much every hour. Yeah, I think we all do. Yeah, Maybe not every <laughs> hour, but I mean, we've, we've heard them before. We all do. That's it. What did you, you, the Homer Simpson superhero character? Um, Max Power. Max Power, right? There's I, the right way, the wrong way, and the Max Power way. Max power way is the wrong way, but faster, faster, right? Yes. Jenny, I told Jenny that and she agreed. That is me. <laughs> so uh, I'll close by saying uh, triple disc was the, the CD brokerage that I started right after uh, college. And, um, and we had a, we had a motto for the first three or four years in business uh, until, until a guy came on who started doing QA. Um, but our motto was we do it right. Cause we do it twice. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's one way to look at it, right? So we measure twice, cut once. That's, that's kind of the opposite of that. Uh, yeah, I would say once, I would say I cut this board three times, and it's still too short. <laughs> well, that's the better way to do it. Yeah. Don't measure <laughs> at all. Just go. Sure. Um, all right. So thank you, Dixon. Do you yeah. have any any last words? I'm just I'm really looking forward to this. Um, the I, I, I think that I mean not only the vista is is incredible out here. I mean, there's some places on this course where you stop and you're just you just marvel at what everything that's around. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think uh, I think the setting is going to be fantastic. And I think this is a challenge, kind of unlike a lot of the other courses uh, that are on the National yeah. Tour and the yeah. Pro Tour. Um, so, I mean, it's a uh, it's a we don't usually come across something new of this high of quality. Right. Um, so, I mean, I'm just really looking to, forward to see how everybody plays it, because I know there's some people that were out there, even as I was talking to them while I was playing, that were like this whole because it was already in their head. Was already it's getting already to them. beating them before they. I mean, before right. they even pick up right. a card to keep a score, it's it's gets in their head already. So kudos to Sean Jack. Uh, it looks like he's got a lot of great staff helping him out. Uh -huh. um, Corey Morrell from Central Coast has been doing a lot of video work. Got some great trailers out there. Um, yeah, this is going to be. A, I think it's going to be a great show. I think we're going to mm -hmm. get a, a great number of people coming out to watch and uh, get ready. Well, and one last thing. No, nope, I just, just closed it out. <laughs> this rail right behind us. <laughs> I hear that this is called the um, Zuka Zone. Uh, no, no, the the legend of Heckler's Ridge. Wait, that's not the Zuka Zone. It might be, normally speaking. Oh, okay. Before Zuka shows up, and all of the local disc golf, or excuse me, all of the local ball golfers will hang on this rail and talk trash to everybody coming up the 18th wow, hole. Wow, that's great. Um, so, like, I'm just curious. I mean, I don't think they're going to be doing that during the round, <laughs> but that would be such an interesting. It's kind of like of, you know, when the president or when the Ryder Cup is in America. It's not the button-down ball golf that it normally is. I mean, you've got it's like when Happy Gilmore plays. I mean, there's just a lot of activity going on. So I'm curious if, if that's going to happen here. Legend of Heckler's Ridge. Yeah, that's that's what I heard that this is uh, this is called right here. Now, first of all, it's the, there's only a nine-hole course they told me. So right. that's that's on nine that they're coming yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Or the final hole. Yeah. 
But yeah, I just, I just noticed that you made an error, and I wanted to point it out. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's only the 23rd time. I, I mean, that, that seems like an error right there. <laughs> you want to say goodnight, Dixon? Goodnight, Dixon. Yeah!